Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey guys, Perry here to tell you a little bit about Pluto TV. It's the leading free streaming television service where you can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for your credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easiest and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, your Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Today on Movie Talk, we are discussing the possibility of the Joker movie playing at the Venice Film Festival. On top of that, we finally got our first trailer for the new Charlie's Angels movie, directed by Elizabeth Banks and starring Kristen Stewart. Could that be a potential franchise starter for Sony? We're going to let you guys know what we thought of the trailer and the franchise's future. And I get to talk about those topics today with Jay Washington, of course, and Eric Davis is back on the West Coast. Yes. How are you guys doing today? I'm happy to be here to talk about two subjects I have a lot to say about. What's in that super fancy water bottle oh, you got there? this is all amino acids because I've been working out like crazy trying to get back in the wrestling ring. Good I'm for back you. On the 6th of I July. see the Instagram post. You're crushing it. I'm trying. So, yeah, I got to keep myself healthy with my aminos. <laughs> and you're living your the good building. life here, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I love coming out here. I love coming over to Collider. Uh, I love talking about the Joker because it riles everyone <laughs> up all <laughs> that over the place. And uh, that's what I like to do. Expectations for that one are sky high. Mm-hmm. And I think they might be even more high after this recent report was released from Deadline. They're saying that there is currently talk for this new Joker movie to hit the festival circuit this year. The outlet claims they're hearing that the movie is sitting out Comic-Con in favor of a false springboard, which just might be Venice. So first question right off the top here, because there's no confirmation. This is a report from Deadline. Do you think this is going to wind up being a reality? Is Joker not going to be in Hall H this year, but will it kick off its run at a festival? I think it will be at, in Venice because they WB already said they won't have a film presence at Hall H. They're not going to just set up everything all of a sudden and say, hey, by the way, here's Joker, and that's it. Because then everybody else is going to expect birds of prey and anything else they have. So, of course, they'll sit it out completely, and Venice will be where they drop it and hope for the best. How's yeah. it been since uh, tweeting about it today? Yeah, no, it's been fun. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that a lot of people are wondering now, does this mean it's going to be pushed for awards? You know, is, is, is it an awards play? But sometimes studios will take kind of commercial-sized mm-hmm. pictures and put them in – in a, in a Venice and launch them that way. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they think this movie's going to win all the Oscars, but you do have Joaquin Phoenix. You do have Heath Ledger, who won an Oscar mm-hmm. for playing this role. This is a character where if you play him a certain way uh, and you bring it, and Joaquin brings it every mm-hmm. time out, you know, I think you're definitely in the conversation. And we're living in a time right now, especially in a time when we have Black Panther winning Oscars and we have stars born and crazy rich Asians in the mix. When you have all these films that are, are, are more commercial successes or more general audience movies, I think the time is now where we're going to start seeing these categories and these major awards show being populated by stuff like Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and let's talk about how artsy it is. When we yep. saw that first trailer, that trailer is very art- artsy. 
You know, it has that feeling like, okay, what is this yet? It's a character study. How is it? So, of course, to have it de- debut at a festival seems only right. Well, yeah. When you brought up festival debuts for commercial movies, my mind immediately went back to last year at TIFF, and it proved to be a really smart choice for the new Halloween movie. Yes. And, of course, the Halloween w- movie wasn't gunning for Oscars, but a festival could be a nice launching pad to build buzz because we talk about that all the time also with you know some smaller independent releases that don't have the luxury that big studios bring with major like 4,000 theater plus debuts and making all this noise a small rollout can only help build more and more buzz until it goes wide well you know I think this is also really the first movie for DC with their standalone brand you know this is not a part of the DCEU this is not a Justice League and Aquaman and so I think Part of them, uh, this decision to play at Venice may be them saying to the world and the film community, we want to separate these films from your Aquaman, your Batman v Superman. We don't want you to think of this film like you think of those films. Mm -hmm. We want you to go see it and spend your money watching it, but we don't want you to think this is a different kind of brand, these standalone DC movies, than the other ones. Especially Mm -hmm. with the Batman with the whole Robert Pattinson casting, and we probably soon will get the announcements of who else is going to be for sure locked in the roles. And they're separating all, they've even separated yeah. the Batman from what we know as the DCEU. Yep. So all of mm-hmm. these are different entities in their own vein. So yeah, going to a film festival will say, hey, look at the artsy abstract type film we have that's a character study mm-hmm. that's using elements from Taxi Driver, King of Comedy, yeah. something a film festival will appreciate with it. So do you think that if this is true, and let's say Warner Brothers, they were sitting there and they were juggling, oh, do we make a big splash at Comic-Con or do we go to Venice, let's say? I mean, it doesn't feel like it has to be one or the other to me, but given the fact that Venice kind of, you know, boxes it in in a very different way than any kind of material showing at Comic-Con would, do you think it's better off that they chose one over the other and not both? Yes. I, I think if you go to Comic-Con, it's not Joker sitting out, it's DC sitting out. So, I think, and I would not put it past them to put the Joker costume on the, on the convention floor. Oh, yeah. I think we'll probably see Birds of Prey costumes on the mm-hmm. floor. But I think that if you bring Joker, you got to bring your whole DC lineup, you got to bring in all those casts, and I I think the reality of the situation is that they do have Scare Diego, where they're going to have it and probably mm-hmm. Doctor Sleep. They'll probably have Conjuring Three. So I think that it's month. It's pro- it may be a money situation of them not wanting to bring all of that talent mm-hmm. down. And you know what? The Comic Con audience is going to go see this movie. This is not the audience. You don't got to convince them to go see <laughs> yeah. Joker. Right. I think you want to bring this out in Venice and you want to bring it to an audience that maybe isn't sold on this film and and sort of launch it in a, in a way that uh, makes a lot of people talk. Makes me think back to Mad Max Fury Road. Because yeah. when I was making those other comments, I'm like, well, in my mind, Mad Max Fury Road uh, screened some stuff at Comic-Con and then it went on to get some Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. So maybe this could do the same. But that felt like a movie that needed the Comic-Con's audi- audience. Like they needed to win over their love the a little more going into yeah. it. But going back to the whole Warner Brothers slate, I don't think it was even necessarily saying, oh, like this or that for Joker specifically. I have a feeling what went on with them was just a package deal. Yep. Was the idea of launching at a film festival yeah. was better off for Joker. Maybe Birds of Prey footage isn't ready for a Comic-Con audience, so they're like, you know what? Let's not do it this time around. I have a feeling it was a package deal more so than just a Joker thing. Well, because also, there's another film we keep leaving out, and that's Wonder Woman 84, Uh which I think that was the one, out of all the DC films, people were wondering what we're going to get footage of. And so to not hear it about that, because now we we just basically have to wait until a trailer comes out, and then the movie itself, because I don't think they're going to put Wonder Woman 84 in any festivals. It's just going to drop, and then bam. 
that's what it, you know, when we get the trail and everything. Well, and it's a different kind of movie than, mm-hmm. than yeah, Joker. Absolutely. And I think, still yeah. in that DC you know, that's man, a big yeah. summer movie. And, and that's what part of this decision is, is just separating these, this movie, these standalone DC movies and saying, we're going to treat these movies differently than we would a Wonder Woman 84. And we're also sort of seeing these studios maybe back away a little bit from going too all in on a film this far out from release. Birds of Prey is until February. Wonder Woman's in June. I think as we get a little bit closer to those films releases, we'll see them ramp it up. I would expect maybe Birds of Prey at New York Comic Con maybe to have a bit of a presence in mm-hmm. New York Comic Con. I do wonder what the overall strategy is going to be going forward because the truth of the matter is we talk about this all the time. We have a very overcrowded marketplace. So is a long lead a better play for these big studio movies or do you want a shorter window and kind of just pummel people with all the advertising you can? Well, some already have the lead on themselves because of the, the movie itself. So you don't have to worry so much about it. You mm-hmm. know it's coming out. People are still going to see it. They're waiting for it regardless. All the DC movies we name, people are waiting for. So you don't have to so much worry about trying to push it early or push it late. People are just going to wait to see some footage and go from there. Again, New York Comic Con comes up in October. That'll give you Wonder Woman. That'll possibly give you Birds of Prey. I, didn't, I forgot about New York Comic Con. It would really be nice to see the New York Comic Con film scene build up. Like, I'll never forget my very first one. I think it was in 2009, and one of the first panels I ever went to, I think it had Watchmen, which sadly isn't going to Comic Con this year, which would confuse me quite a bit. Um, but it was Watchmen. It was the new Friday the 13th movie where they screened the opening sequence and also Terminator Salvation. And it was like the biggest deal in the world. And it feels like we haven't had any major movie presence at New York Comic Con in a while. And it's weird. I feel like there's just this sense that it's noise coming out of Comic Con. And that's why this year at San Diego, we have multiple studios sitting out. Mm-hmm. Hall H is kind of going to be a wasteland. And it's. I think it's a little bit sad. And I think it just speaks to the fact that these studios are spending so much money there for a lot of noise uh, and a lot of competition, and then not seeing how that's paying off at the box. Well, it will be very interesting to see, like specifically with movies, because I think a lot of the uh, the vacancies in Hall H are going to be filled with TV shows. But for the movie industry in particular, if there's only a select group of studios there, I'm curious to see if we could further isolate the performance and how it pertains to what they screened at Comic Con. We shall see. We shall well, see. Soon enough. We got a Terminator Dark Fates going oh all in. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so curious. Paramount's going to be there, and it's going to oh, be yeah, all Terminator Dark Fate. And Hobbs, well, would Hobbs and Shaw be before, or it's before? Hobbs and Shaw's before Comic-Con. Hobbs and Shaw, I, I doubt we'll have any kind of presence I, there whatsoever. I just want to see Arnold take the microphone and speak for 45 minutes. We're back. And also, let me yeah. tell you about the presidential Terminator election. Terminator and, and Top Gun, <laughs> of all things. He was at CinemaCon when they brought out Terminator. Arnold came out, and he just would not give up the microphone to anybody. He just spoke for like a half hour, and it was I all random. No problem random. with that. And that's what I'm saying. If, if it's just random Arnold going off for 45 minutes, I'm there. I'm going to be like, Paramount, win. Score. I was going to say, that makes me 10 times more excited to possibly be in the room for that. (laughs) All right, before we move on to story number two today, which of course is that Charlie's Angels trailer, we've got some content to tell you about that's coming to the Collider Video YouTube channel, like Jedi Council. Here's a promo. Hello, how are you guys doing? I'm Christian Harloff. I'm the host of Collider Jedi Council. We talk about everything Star Wars, and if you want to catch our weekly show where we talk about the latest and greatest in Star Wars, it's movie news, it's canon, it's all of it. We take questions from you guys. How do you do it? Main channel, that's right, right here. Subscribe to this channel, and you can listen, you can watch, you can do all of it, but if you want to just listen to it, you got the podcast feed too. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, you can listen to it in your car. Do all of it. It's Star Wars. Episode nine's coming out, and then after episode nine you got tv shows so we're gonna be your sports center for star wars do it 
Come on. Be real. In addition to Jedi Council, you have that very special edition of comic book shopping coming up real soon because we had Jake Gyllenhaal from Spider-Man Far From Home on the show. You do not want to miss that episode. It debuts on July 2nd. Corey is very excited about it. That means I'm excited about it, and you should all watch it. Story number two now. We are talking about that Charlie's Angels trailer. So this new adaptation stars Kristen Stewart, Naomi Scott, and Ella Belinska with director Elizabeth Banks also stepping in as the new Bosley in this one. In this new version, Charlie's Angels has gone worldwide as an independent security and intelligence service, each with its own teams led by a different Bosley. Yeah, I don't want to start on this one. Who wants to tell me what they thought about oh, this? <laughs> that's that's how this is. I didn't. I just watched the trailer. I didn't know it was supposed to be different Bosleys. Yeah, I think because isn't Erica, Patrick Stewart another Bosley? Yeah, I, oh, he's a Bosley. Is he a Bosley or is he Charlie? I thought I, he was Charlie. I, I feel like he's Charlie. He's okay. got to be Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are multiple Bosleys though. Okay, Eric, we're gonna go to you first. <laughs> I mean, look, I uh, I could watch Kristen Stewart headbutt and dropkick bad dudes all day long. Uh, I I I my I'm sold on this movie because of her, uh, and I like it. Looks like she's playing a pretty cool character in this mm-hmm. film. Um, so it's a long trailer. That's my only concern. Yeah. It's a really long trailer. Uh, this far out from release, it shows us a lot of the movie. The action looks good. Um, it looks like a fun film to watch. It looks like these girls just kicking ass, and I'm down for that. I'll watch that. I think the big question is, is there audience demand for it? Mm-hmm. You know, we just saw Men in Black uh, underperform, and it, w- that was that because the audience was just like, I don't need to see another one of these movies, you yeah. know? And so I think uh, it speaks to just do audiences want to see this film? I feel like I'm a little more sour on this after Men in Black International, and I actually liked Men in Black, or at least had enough fun mm-hmm. with it compared to most responses out there, but I'm still just very stressed about this idea that we keep bringing back these properties that, I don't know, it doesn't feel feel like uh, fair to say nobody's asking for them. But if you can't bring a certain quality to them and do something that different with them, then what's so, the point? And with this trailer in particular, I do think it is very long, but I'm with you. I will watch this trio do anything. Yeah. I'm sold. I'm going to see this movie no matter what. This trailer felt like a poor decision to kick off the marketing campaign because you easily could have started with a much more like like interesting, you know, excitement building kind of teaser. And instead, we got two and a half minutes of muddled action. Yeah. I think, and also it was to push that new that new uh, song. Song. It was definitely to push that song more than anything else. But. They're showing you how it's not the traditional Charlie's Angels, too. You know how we always see it's three, no matter what. It's three, no matter what. Naomi Scott character, Naomi Scott's character comes in and becomes the third later. And again, you like you said, we see most of this because we see the plot. And so well, your second trailer is going to be the, the one that you really like. Ugh. I will well, say yeah. from a story perspective, though, that's what got me more than anything. It's like, yeah, I know uh, Kristen Stewart's a great actress. I'll watch her do just mm-hmm. about anything. But just strictly from the new story, I enjoyed watching Naomi Scott the most because I wasn't sure what she was going to do next. And I'm very intrigued by the idea of her getting the opportunity to learn what it means to be an angel and become a part of it. Yeah. And I think you have great actresses. Uh, rooting for Elizabeth Banks as a director. She hasn't had the best track record as a director behind the camera, but I'm really rooting for her. Uh, and we'll see. I, uh, one thing, we were on the set 
of this film, and uh, there will be set visit reports going out nice. uh, tomorrow. Okay. So I do think that if you want to know more about this film and what the deal is and what the vibe is, I would definitely sort of tune in for that and read those. Uh, they'll give you a bit more about the movie. But yeah, I mean, I'm down to watch these actresses. I, I think Naomi Scott is somebody who's climbing up right now, big time stardom. Oh, without wise. a doubt. Uh, and Kristen Stewart is always giving you something interesting, and I love it when she headbutts that dude in the trailer. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy in, but I I do think that they need to deliver something that makes it warranted and makes you say, okay, this is why this film exists. And also, they're selling it on Ella Belinska too. Like she's brand new, mm. so we're seeing her in all these action, but it's sometimes humorous scenes. So you have to get a feel for her because again, we have the feels already for Kristen Stewart and Naomi Scott as well as Elizabeth Banks. We know who they are, but this is the one we're introducing. I really want to see Elizabeth Banks pull it together. <laughs> I, just, I just had Pitch Perfect 2 on my mind, and that didn't pan out all that well for her, and it was unfortunate, but, you know, she clearly has that, that itch to direct, and I feel like she's got enough talent around her that she can hone that ability just Please do it here. I mean, I think, you know, it, it's it's tough to make an action movie these days. And I look at the, the action movies that are successful and it's you have the Marvel movies, which has their built in universe. And so they have that. You look at the Mission Impossible movies, which are built around these like impossible mm-hmm. stunts that make you de- that demand that you go watch them on a big screen. Uh, and then you look at like the Fast and Furious, the Hobbs and Shaw's and the action. And that is just so crazy. Like you would never see a, a car outside of sky great skyscraper, <laughs> you know, so it's where does this fall in? And then. And then you have all of these generic action movies in the middle that are just giving you a lot of what you've seen. We've seen the kicks and the headbutts and the, what are you showing us that we haven't seen before? Why do we need to go? And I hope this film and its next trailer or its trailer after that says this is why you have to go. We do have a little while to wait for this one. November 15th is the release date. So they've got time to shape up this marketing November? campaign. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, you it's, gave us this one super... A long trailer for November. For November, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the other concern. You don't want to spoil everything this this uh, this quickly. Because then the next trailers will just basically fill in the holes that we didn't get in that first long trailer. So like, oh, well, this is exactly how it goes. Then it happens here. This goes here. Bam. We'll see. Yeah. Let's take one question from the chat right now. Um, uh, Luis uh, E. De La Pena is asking, is Sony missing SDCC because they're still negotiating Holland's contract? We can talk about Tom Holland in a second. But I was wondering your take on uh, Charlie's Angels. Like, is this a missed opportunity for them to have made some noise at Comic-Con this year? What else were they going to put behind it, though? Put with it, would it just be Charlie's Angels for them? And that's really it. I don't know. I mean, it seems like they need to win over moviegoers right now with that one. And I don't know if that would have been the place to do it. New York is probably going to be their thing because that's October. I guess guess for Sony that makes a little more sense. New York Comic Con. Yeah, you could go to New York. You know, look, it's a money thing. And it's Mm -hmm. just to go to Comic Con, to go to Hall H, to bring in this talent. Uh, and what are you getting out of it? You know, you're going to be sandwiched in between all of these other big films and TV shows and you're walking out of there and you're like, yeah, 6,000 people just made a lot of noise. But what does that what is that equaling? And and if you can't prove to your boss's boss's boss that coming out of Comic-Con just added 25, 30 million to your mm-hmm. box office, then ne- next day they're going to be like, you know what? We ain't doing Comic-Con. <laughs> Because we could just put a trailer online and people will talk about it, and that saves us a lot of money. What I would do for box office type stats about Comic Con dollars spent, like I would do anything for that. <laughs> Absolutely anything in this world. All right, here is another question from the chat. King and Commoner is asking, What Batman villain do you want to be played by Andy Serkis? Ooh, that's a good question. It is. The Mad Hatter. 
I've been hearing a lot about the Mad Hatter from the panel uh, yeah, remember, very recently, I, brought, I originally brought up John Hamm when I was on here before we talked about it before. Yeah. But if you got to have Andy Serkis play uh, somebody yeah. that's got to be tricky and kind of deranged, give him the Mad Hatter. Let's do that one. It's, he looks perfect. He's the perfect look for it. Has the perfect fit. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I could see that. I could see like maybe like a like a maybe like a mobbed up kind of penguin sort of thing. I don't know. I could see him as a mobster. Uh, I could see him as as like a different version of penguin. Um, penguin was where my mind quickly went, yeah. just because there's been so many yeah. rumors about penguin being involved in the new movie anyway. So and if they do the suit or the motion capture, and him being. Well, that's the question. Is it Andy Serkis, the actor, or is it Andy Serkis, the motion caption yeah, actor? I hope it's Andy Serkis, the Andy actor. Serkis, because, no actor, give me the Mad Hatter. I never want to take away from his work as a performance capture artist because he is on another level, and somehow he manages to shine through himself with all of his roles. But he is also just a phenomenal like flesh-and-bone actor, too, and yes. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for that kind yeah. of work because he is such a scene-stealer with the, with the uh, performance capture In stuff Black now. Black Panther, he's great. Yeah. Oh, my God, when he's sitting there singing, what is love? You know what else he's great in? 13 going on 30. No? No, no, no. It's been so long since I've seen it. I love that movie. What if they're like, Andy Serkis is Bat-Dog. And it's going to be like, no, it's weird motion capture and Bat-Dog. Like, you've never seen Bat-Dog before. I feel like you shouldn't have put that out there. (laughs) Woof, woof. Batman. (laughs) All right, here's a question from Anthony Manzano, who's asking, what's your guy's opinion on Selma Hayek in The Eternals? They are locking and loading this cast yes, they up. Are. They are stacking this so high. I mean, it's you've got Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Kumail Nagiani, Madong Siak, Selma Hayek. That's just those named right now. They're just trying to lock because this has to be a big ensemble. There's going to be no one left who's not in an MCU movie. And that's pretty movie. much what it is. If you haven't done an MCU movie, pretty much we have one for you. Come on in. <laughs> that's what's happening. But you have to with the property no one really knows of, like the Eternals. You need that cast to bring people in to see it. Just to hear Angelina Jolie in an MCU movie right now is like, wait, what? <laughs> and remember, Keanu Reeves has still been in talks with Kevin Feige, so we don't know where he will fit in eventually. I like it. I like it because we're getting a lot of these sort of well-known actors and actresses that we've seen that have been around for a long time, and then they're injecting them to Marvel Studios, and they're finding an aspect of them as a performer that maybe we haven't seen before. And some of them are reinventing their careers and sort of finding new audiences. And I really think somebody like Salma Hayek, who's so talented and so great and has been around for a long time, I think she could pop up into in this movie and do something really cool and introduce herself to a whole new audience of fans and, and really sort of uh, you know rejuvenate her career and become go on to become something else. And so I think that I think it's great. I think it's got a great cast, and uh, we'll see. I I think you have to tell you have to uh, educate audiences on what the Eternals is. Mm-hmm. That's what the biggest. Point I'm is. hoping they come to Comic Con and they kind of start start laying those that pathway. That would be nice. That would be nice. Because the only thing people know is okay. One of the Eternals is Thanos' father. That's all people know. And you, maybe you've heard about the Celestials, but you don't know anything else. This is something really big in a part of this cosmic universe where they're going for phase four. So it's like, hey, these are the Eternals. Turn to page 126 in your textbook. I feel like after this conversation, poor Roka is going to get slammed with like an Eternals explained oh, uh, he video. Oh, yeah. he's going to get Eternals explained <laughs> videos, questions for mailbag, do not call me. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's but Selma Hayek. I mean, I'll go back to her performances from Dust Till Dawn, mm-hmm. Dogma. Yeah. If you can sit through Wild Wild West, <laughs> watching that, you know, so she can bring that comedic element too, as well as being serious. 
All right. I have to take this one last question here because I've seen this question return a couple of times. Jack Dennis is asking, Scream Resurrection. What did you think, Perry? So you guys know I'm obsessed with Scream. (laughs) Scream Resurrection is the third season Season. of the show. They basically wiped the slate clean after season two, and then they brought in new folks to make season three, and it got all cut up in a mess over there, and it never came out. And finally, we got the trailer, Mm -hmm. and the show is actually premiering mid-July. I don't know if this trailer really got me super hyped when I was really excited when they announced it before, but it's just like, you see that ghost face mask and like something just turns on in me. I just get so like, I will watch anything with the ghost face mask in it. And it's so nice to see that mask and not that, that strange thing that they came up with for the first two seasons. Mm. Had you ever seen that one? I didn't want to like, watch it. I couldn't watch the wrong. series. It scared me. It, it's kind of fun. It's it not just, that scary. It's scary because it's like you already had the movies and you saw how the last screen movie kind of went. You were like, ooh, we're playing it close. And then you decide to do a TV series. It, it was one of those situations where you didn't necessarily, if you're going to take the ghost face mask out of the equation, did it need to be Scream? And right. I understand why they call it Scream, because a built-in audience that I'm a part of is going to go and watch it. But this one, at least, once you see that mask, you're like, oh, it's, it's Scream again. And that makes me want to watch it. Either, the mask. Do you want to watch it, Eric? If the mask is there, I'll watch it. See? The mask. The magic the of mask the ghost face mask. It has been settled. Mm-hmm. We will be watching it. All right. Jay, thank you for being here. Thank Eric, you. thank yes. you for visiting us as always. Thank you. Let us know when you're coming back to town. Adam in the booth, Dorian in the live chat. You guys rock. Thanks out there to everybody watching the show. Tell everybody you know about it. Also, like and share this episode. And then tune in tomorrow, Friday, Funday, right here, 3 p.m. PT Live.